Blog Talk Radio.
Father God, Lord, once again we come, Father, rejoicing in the grace and the mercy we have through you, Father, knowing that we are saved not by our own works, Father, but it is through grace in the name of Jesus Christ. It is only through the blood of Jesus which we have redemption and salvation and a restored relationship with you, Father. Your word declares for us to come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need, Lord. And so, Father, we gather together, Lord, as your word declares, if two or more of you are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. So, Jesus, tonight we honor you, declaring that you alone are king, that your name is exalted above every name in heaven and in earth. Holy Spirit, we make way for you and give you complete and total access. We give you complete and total surrender, Father, of our lives, of everything in this broadcast. Jesus asking that you would be magnified, that you would be glorified, that you would reach out and touch any of our listening audience, Father. Whatever needs they have, whatever things they are desiring, Lord, Father, that you would touch them. Lord, that you would open the eyes of their hearts, Lord. That the eyes of their hearts would be flooded with light, as it says in Ephesians. That they would know what is the hope of their calling, Father. They would know that a hope, what is the hope of your calling in them, Father. They would know what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, Father. Lord, they would know your will for their lives, Jesus. Father, they would know the height they would know the love of Christ. Father, the height, the width, the depth, the length. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, Father. Lord, let them be filled with all the fullness of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Let the fruits of your Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, patience, self control, Father, would be Magnified and abundant in their lives, Lord Father, that you would grant them wisdom and understanding Father, you would grant them discernment into the things of your spirit Father, that you would begin to reveal your heart's desires to them, Lord Father, that you would transform them into the image of your son, Father Lord, that you would have them be rooted and grounded and established in your word, Father Lord, that through your word, Father our minds can be renewed, Father, day by day, Lord, that we can declare that we have the mind of Christ, Father, that we can declare that we are not our own, Father, but we were bought with a price, Father, and our lives belong solely to you, Father. We have been buried in the likeness of Christ Jesus, Father, and have been resurrected to a new life, Father, holy and undefiled, Declared perfect in your presence, Father, by him, the Lamb of God, who was slain before the foundation of the world, Lord, that he could present us holy and without blame before you, Father, in love. Father, we ask tonight, Lord, that you would send laborers into your harvest, Father, from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Jesus, that you would send out laborers. Your word declares that you are ever an intercessor for us, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, living to make intercession for us. Father, send out laborers into your harvest, Father. Send out laborers into your harvest, Father. Give them a spirit of boldness, Father, to boldly proclaim your word to the nations, Lord. Father, even as the darkness grows, Father, across this land, Lord. Through the lies of the enemy, Father, through the false worship, the false religions of the enemy, Lord. We know the true light of your Son, Jesus Christ, is shining even brighter, Father. So once again, Lord, give us boldness, Father, to declare your word without hesitation, without fear, Lord. Your word declares that you have not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind, Father. You declare that we are ambassadors of reconciliation, reconciling the world unto you, Father. 
So, Father, we lay our lives down tonight. In this moment, Lord, we lay everything in our lives down, that your will could be done, Father, not our will, not our plans, not our desires, not our expectations, not our anything, Father. But let us live according to your will, Father. Let us live according to your desires. Let us live according to your expectations, Father. Transform our mind, Father. Transform our eyes and our ears, Lord. Transform our expectations, Father, so that we can fully come to the understanding where you said that you are wanting to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, Father. As you said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. Father, you said that you know the plans you have for us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. Jesus said, Jesus, you said that you are the good shepherd. You said that you have come, that we may have life and have it more abundantly, Father. And that life rests completely inside of you, Father. So reveal your life to us, Father, and reveal your life in us through your Holy Spirit, who quickens us, Father, and quickens our spiritual man inside. Father, I pray that you would increase your spiritual gifts among the believers who are listening tonight, Father. Not that any man could boast that they're anything special, Lord, but that your will and your purposes can be done in this earth, Father. That the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, can be magnified in this earth through those believers who call upon you, Father. Those who worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, Father. Those who have laid down their lives, Father, so they can take up yours. Those who have declared that they count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Father, that we may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of us. Father, make that a reality in us tonight. Father, make that our reality, Father, that we are pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Lord, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to those things which are ahead, Father. Your word declares that in it, your word itself is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Father. And it also says that Jesus is the word, Father. And so we understand fully that he is the lamp unto our feet. He is the light unto our path. Jesus, you said... No one can come to the Father except through you. Your word declares that you are the true light that came to men to give them light, Father. And we understand, Father, and rest in the assurance that everything is because of you. That there's no glory and honor or praise that will ever be due us, Father. For everything, Jesus, is because of you. And any crowns that we may receive in this life, Father, in eternity, we will cast them at your feet. For yours is the only name that is worthy of glory and honor and praise, Jesus. For you alone are the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. You are the, alone are the one who died for our sins. You alone are the one who was resurrected from the dead seated at the right hand of the Father, where you declared that we are seated with you, Lord, and you declared that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You declared that you will take of what is yours and declare it unto us through your Holy Spirit, Lord. So give us understanding, Father. Give us a new perception, Father. Give us a new view, Father, of those things that you have given to us, Lord. And the authority, Father, and our place in this world through you, through your name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, be glorified tonight. As you are being glorified and will be glorified in the ages that are to come, Father. Lord, we lay down our lives and worship you. Not turning aside, Father, but boldly going up to the mountain place, Father, going behind the veil, going into the Holy of Holies, into your presence in which we are accepted. 
grateful you're accepted. It's um, it's an interesting phrase. Come boldly to the throne of grace in which you're accepted and in time of need. It seems a lot of people um, don't really grasp the concept of being accepted in the beloved. It says that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a temple for the Holy Spirit. You know, when you um, have a driver's license, there's usually some kind of seal declaring the state of your um, origin or the state of your dwelling. And we too, as believers in the living God, followers of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, have been sealed with a seal that declares our homeland, that declares the place of our origin and the place of our dwelling, which is the presence of the Most High. This is those that abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And the Bible declares that the Holy Spirit is a seal of our inheritance, is a guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. The purchased possession being our eternal life, being our salvation, being our souls, being our redemption, being our restoration. Because the blood of Jesus, the death of Jesus upon the cross was not alone just for our forgiveness and our sanctification. It was also for our restoration. Because without sanctification, there couldn't be restoration. And so he declared us perfect in the eyes of the Father and gave us restoration to him. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, um, give us a call. So I think tonight we're going to start in Corinthians, and we'll just see what happens. Uh, Chapter 1, Paul, (laughs) called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And of so things, our brother. You know, I was listening to a um, sermon last night on Blue Letter Bible. Um, my wife has um, an amazing habit that um, I, I think the preacher's name is Chuck Swindle. I could be wrong, but um, he has he goes through the entire Bible, an uh, audio Bible at night. Or he does it on the, um, he has an archive. And so my wife listens to the Bible every night. And um, we've gotten in a habit that it's almost impossible to go to sleep unless we have this, um, at least one chapter of the Bible playing while we sleep. Um, and last night, or the night before, I forget where we were really, I think we were um, in Corinthians or another chapter. And there was something similar that Paul said where he talked about being called to be an apostle. Because he always wanted to let his, calling, be sure. He always put out there who he was in Christ Jesus. Um, And he was called to be an apostle. And um, the message last night um, that um, Chuck mentioned, and he he said that you can never do anything higher than what you were called to do. You can never expect to achieve anything higher than what the Father has bestowed upon you to do. And while that may not seem like much, in fact, what he has called us to do is usually far greater than anything we could possibly imagine. Um, It goes back to the verse, exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. Um, But my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my ways higher than your ways. Anything that man can perceive as far as what God is wanting to do 
in our lives is always a million times greater than that. He said, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Um, and so we at times think really smallly and we try to fit God in our box of our perception of the world and the realities of the world. But yet the Father created the world and inhabits it and has a fuller concept and a fuller picture of the world and how the world works and how his presence works in the world. And so Paul said he was called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Um, your your election and your calling in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, as we've said many times um, in Jeremiah chapter 1, he said, he told Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Now, not all of us are called to be prophets. Some people are. Um, and usually a calling, um, whether it's being a prophet or an evangelist or a teacher or a preacher or a garbage man or whatever your calling and election is, um, there's always divine encounters that are available in your life, regardless of what profession you have. You don't always have to be an evangelist or a teacher or someone who's in front of a pulpit to make a difference in the world. Um, you know, when I was a kid, um, or a kid in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is, um, I used to always say that I didn't want to be a preacher, even though I wanted to preach the gospel, but I never wanted to be an actual preacher in a church because a majority of the people who needed to get saved wouldn't be in church to begin with. They'd be out in the streets, and they'd be in the marketplaces. And the biggest mission field doesn't reside necessarily within the church, though it's one mission field. The greatest mission field resides out in the midst of the people. Um, you'll end up even in the life of Jesus. He would go into the synagogues and he'd go in the temples and teach them there. And then he would immediately go out and be among the people. And, um, but Paul was stating that his calling was through the will of God. And, you know, it says that in other places in the Bible. Um, but that your calling, your desire to serve the Lord Jesus Christ came not through your own intentions and your own will. Um, to begin with, it started with the grace and the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life, drawing you into the presence of the Father. The Bible says there are none that seek him, not one. But it does say that the goodness of God leads men into repentance. It's not through preaching or persuasive words of human wisdom, as Paul said, but it's in demonstration of the Spirit and power that men's faith may be, and not in men, but in the power of God that the glory and honor and praise can go to Jesus Christ alone. And so the Father calls us to be whatever he calls us to be. And there are things, um, as it says in Ephesians, he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And, um, you know, so you could be a garbage man, um, which some people would consider a lowly profession, but in reality, it's an anointed position just like any other because there are people that you will interact with on a daily basis that someone who's a preacher would never see, someone who is a Sunday school teacher would never see, someone who's a kindergarten teacher would never see, or a pres the president of the United States or any ambassador. But the Bible says that he has chosen the boundaries for our dwelling. Um it says that the, the very fact that you were born where you were born and that you reside where you reside is due to the grace and the mercy of God. It's due to the leading of the Holy Spirit and his sovereign ability to place you in the position to be the greatest blessing to the world and to his kingdom. And, you know, um, to boast about Chris, who will almost never boast about himself, um, a story I told a long, long, long time ago is um, we both have full-time jobs and we both work full-time to support our families. Um, he He's married and his wife, Tracy, and then um, I'm married to my wife, Rebecca, and have four kids. And so I think he um, – I have a f um, – I think he needs to get some kids so we can be even. Um, but one time we were um, flying – we were flying around for um, – 
computer job I had because um, I've always been like a computer tech. Um, and I remember on the plane um, sitting next to someone, they had asked me what I do. And so I'm thinking about it and I'm like, okay, well, I do computer work and I do this and I do that. And Because the first thing in my mind was what profession I did. And, you know, someone where Chris was sitting asked him the same question. He's like, well, I'm a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and that wasn't probably exactly what he said, but it was similar to that. And the first thing that out of his mouth that he was a minister of the gospel. And, and it really struck me, and the Lord spoke to me about that afterwards, is that the first place that we, I mean, the first position that we have is not in this world, but it's in the kingdom. As the Bible says, we are citizens of heaven, um, that our citizenship is in heaven, our identity is in heaven, it doesn't rest here. Though you may have a profession as a teacher or whatever, your first and highest um, order of business is to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and then to do his will unto the earth and be a light to the world. And um, But it all comes through him. It all comes through his leading. It all comes through his grace and his mercy. Um, it's never something that we have to do on our own. We never have to strive or work or anything else. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. And, you know, there in Hebrews, it talks a lot about the rest of the Lord and entering into the place of rest where you're not striving and constantly working to try to obtain to some level and form of, per, of perfection that you've already been granted to begin with. You know, a lot of times we try to strive to make ourselves righteous in our own eyes so that we, because we feel that somehow that'll, that God will see us as righteous. And so we spend lifetimes um Working and striving against sin and against the um, the world, because we think in doing so that will be more pleasing to Him. But the reality of it is, is that you can never be more pleasing to the Father, because the Bible says that He has already declared, He has already perfected those who are being sanctified. So while you're being sanctified, you've already been declared perfect in front of the Father in heaven. You've already been declared holy and righteous not through any works that you could have done or could do or anything you could come up with, but just because of the blood of Jesus. You know, it goes back to the Passover story in the Old Testament in um, I believe Exodus, um, or, yeah, Exodus, where the children of Israel, the night before the children of Israel actually escaped from the hands of the Egyptian and the bondage they had been in for most of their lives. And, you know, the, God told them to um, put blood over their doorsteps so when, the, so when the angel of death came to smite the um, firstborn of the Egyptians because of their disobedience, that um, they would be saved. And so the angel of death would come by and he would see blood on the doorposts and he would realize and the blood was a, was a symbol of purity and holiness and righteousness and innocence. Just like when, you know, Adam and Eve, um, after they had sinned against the Father, they immediately um, sewed for themselves fig leaves because they thought their um, their own ability to cover themselves would do the trick. But God said no, because even though they were able to theoretically cover themselves, they could never cleanse their conscience, so they had to hide from the Father. But yet the Father came and, through his grace and his mercy, covered them with his own, with animal skins. And once again, the implementation of blood and of a substitution um, for the sin. And so when the angel of death would come by um, the houses of the children of Israel, they, he wouldn't see the sin of disobedience to the father when the father told Pharaoh to let his people go, but he saw the righteousness of an, of an innocence and passed by them. And... And so even now, um, we a lot of times walk around trying to, like Adam and Eve, trying to build for ourselves garments um, of our own righteousness, which um, the Bible declares are like filthy rags to the Lord because they never do the trick. Um, and there's really no point, um, and they become pointless because we've already been declared righteous, and there's no point working for something that we've already obtained. And so your, your calling in the Lord has already been dictated before you were born. The Father already has a plan to bless you and establish you and to make you fruitful and to multiply you. 
and to declare your inheritance to you and his kingdom through the grace and the mercy that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's already yours. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. Um, it's already there. All you have to do is walk in it and um, enter in, into the rest of the Lord Jesus Christ, realizing that your labors are done because he has already completed the work that he needed to. I mean, and he's constantly working in us, but it's not the same as having to complete something on our own. And so then Paul says, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus that you are enriched in everything by him, in all utterance, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly awaiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, he says, um, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, um, the Bible declares that we are living epistles written on, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is the heart. And the Father has made us living testimonies to him. Even in Revelation, it says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives unto death. And the word of the testimony declares that you have been redeemed and sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you've already been declared perfect in the eyes of the Father. So when the enemy comes, he has nothing in you, because you've already been separated from the kingdom of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of his love. You've already been transformed. Translated into the kingdom of the Father And so the accuser can do nothing but accuse But he has no merit And no basis for his accusations Because he's accusing us Of things that have already been forgiven And accusing us Of things Where the penalty and the price has already been paid But the accusations are made Just to make you feel guilty And to bring shame to you But the Bible says there is therefore no condemnation To those who are in Christ Jesus and so all the enemy can do is try to work on your emotions and work on your feelings because those who sin, like Adam and Eve, immediately attempt to turn away from God, which is why Paul and John always had to say, like John said in First John, he said, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with Jesus Christ the righteous. Um and, you know, it says in verse 8 um, that he will confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the days of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, he said that I know who are mine and the enemy can't snatch them away. And, you know, it says that he who has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Christ. Um, the Bible says that he is, that even if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. And his own um, works declare his uh, his nature and his character which declare the glory of God. He said, my works themselves testify who I am, um, and the works declare who he is. And our works should declare who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ and the glory that comes from the Father alone. And so Jesus always remains faithful in our lives to fulfill the word of God in us and to fill the, the word of God through us. It says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren. You see, everything he says is always my brethren. It's always in a spirit of love. By those who are close households, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, 
or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Christius and Gaius. At least any of you should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made to no effect. And what Paul is saying is that even as back then is that we're divided, everybody um, believing their own thing and declaring their identity based on their um, the location of their congregation and the church. Um, well, I'm a Baptist or I'm a Methodist or I'm Episcopalian or I'm Catholic or I'm um, charismatic or Pentecostal or, or whatever it is it should be. But, you know, really, when we put forth identities like that, we take away from the true identity which you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. For whose are we? We don't belong to, we're, even though we're members of bodies, um, and overall we're, bought, we're, in the mem we're actually members of the same body in Christ Jesus, he himself being the head of the body. We all being individual members, each one doing the part which the Lord Jesus has said us to do. And the only identity we have is of children of the living God. He said, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. You know, when um, Jesus Christ came in the flesh, um, the um, Israelites, um, the Jewish people, believed um, they had an image in their head of what the Messiah was supposed to look like. Um, you know, sometimes we do too. We have an image of what the Lord is supposed to look like to us. We have an image of what our lives are supposed to look like and everything else. But the reality is the simple, the simple message of the cross is that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and that's it, said and done, um, end of story. Nothing else, and they couldn't accept that. We um, still, men today, cannot accept it being so simple because it being so simple removes any ability for us to complete our own works and to gain the glory and honor that we think we deserve. Um, and it removes the ability for us to actually strive to fulfill something. Um, there's nothing left to conquer because he's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. Um, you know, um, um, I was reading a book, I think it was called Wild at Heart, um, which was talking about how men always want to have the battle, always want to have the victory, always want to be out there conquering things. But in Christ Jesus, um, everything's been conquered through his name. We've been given authority through the name of Jesus Christ. And the only battle left to, the only battle left to fight is in the spiritual realm where Paul said that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of the sage. And our warfare now is not done with physical swords and physical shields, but it's done with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, which is the word of God, which will be able to quench all the, I mean, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and the shield of faith, where it says we'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And our faith itself in the Lord Jesus Christ is that which repels the enemy. The Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee. Even when the um, enemy was attacking Jesus, the only the only shield he had and the only protection he had was the word of God and his knowledge of his of the word and knowledge of the truth of the gospel. And we know that the truth of the gospel lies in the Lord Jesus Christ because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so it says... Um, for you see your, your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. 
but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You know, something about this verse um, is that um, many people, um, maybe even some of you listening, have gone a majority of your life wanting to serve the Lord, never feeling that you were completely qualified or able to do it or that you had the opportunity. Um, And what I could tell you, like Chris um, always constantly reminds me, is that your opportunity lies in your ability to walk outside of your house or to get out of your bed. From the second you get out of bed, your opportunity has begun in the mission, and you've landed in the mission field, um, whether it be to those of your own households or to those people at the at the grocery store or the gas station. And um, But, you know, um, it says that not many wise, not many know what we're called. Um, it's rarely those who are of high esteem and high and high um, persuasion that the Lord chooses. It's always the it's always the weak. It's always those who are willing to trust in Him for everything. For those people who have everything, usually believe they don't need anything, including the Lord. And it's much harder to trust in the Lord. Um, and you know, there's things in the walk of faith which require trust. And they require believing in things that you can't see with your physical eyes or your or your physical ears, but that you have to understand and that you're you have to know through the Holy Spirit being rooted and grounded in the truth of the gospel and being able to stand upon the word regardless of what you can actually physically perceive happening, but that you can perceive the word of God that dwells inside of you and the truth of the gospel. And that therefore you can walk walk inside and walk in that truth and change the situation around you, based not on what the situation is, but based on the word of God alone. Um, you know, Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, and it wasn't because that Jesus was saying there's something wrong with having money. And you know, there's a lot of people out there who have ministries um, and they have this. Um, Message about um, wealth and prosperity, and you know the Bible says that um, He will never leave us nor forsake us, and that He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Um, and so, as far as prosperity goes, the only way I have ever re- understood that prosperity comes is through sowing and reaping. Um, and I'm not just saying in the tithes and in the offerings. But being a giver, like we talked about the other night, um, because what you sow, you shall reap. If you sow into other people's lives, you're going to reap. And it's always a multiplication of the harvest that you you get back to you. Um, My wife has a garden in the backyard, and, um, you know, um, and she starts off with these tiny little seeds. And she plants these seeds and sows these seeds, and they grow into a tree or, um, or fruit or vegetables or whatever it is. But your ability to sow into other people's lives and understand that your possessions and your money and everything you have, including your time and your energy, don't belong to you, but they belong to the Lord. And whatever you sow unto the Lord, he'll be faithful to produce a harvest in your life based on what you've sown out there. But it's not that we should sow just so we can get something back. Um, and so that we can get some praise and glory. For Jesus said, people who do things like that already have their reward. Um, he said, when you give, do, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Don't proclaim it, but let it be between you and the Lord, and that he that sees you in secret will reward you openly. Um, but the Bible says that he loves a cheerful giver. The Father wants, some, wants people who are willing to give out of the abundance of their hearts and of their lives and of the things that they have to give to those who have need. Um, And in return of the sowing, there will be a harvest later on in your own life. And um, so, um, but you know, um, where was I? Uh, When you're um, doing this walk, you know, um, when we first started this um, radio broadcast, um, me and Chris had absolutely no clue what we were doing, and we, we still really don't. Um, but I made a comment to Chris that we could get a five-year-old up on the broadcast who was willing to serve the Lord. And the Holy Spirit was still moving them just like us. 
or anybody else who has a radio station on Block Talk or anywhere else. It's not the fact of your gifts and your talents, um, though your talents come into play, because the Father will use your talents to produce a harvest in the earth. Um, but it's your willingness to actually stand up and be the person that God can use, declaring, um, Lord, here I am. And so it's not about us. It's about him. It's about the Holy Spirit. Um, like as this goodness God leads them into repentance, you can preach a really nice message, but if there's not a demonstration of the Spirit and power behind those words, and the words become just words. And you have to understand that the Bible says our words are living. And, you know, if we're preaching the Word of God and we're declaring the things of God, there's going to be fruit. And so all you have to do is be faithful and obedient to do or to act in accordance to the talents and the gifts that the Father has given you. Um, there's a parable about um, someone, about um, a master who went away, and he and the steward um, hid the money um, that he had received. And when the master came back, he was angry with him because he didn't do anything with it, and he just held it inside. And so a lot of people out there are afraid that their talents aren't going to do anything or they're not good enough or they don't have an ability. So they take the talents that the Father's given them, whether it's singing or writing or dancing or whatever it is, and they sort of hide their talents out of fear. But the Bible says he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And those talents the Father has given you, there's an anointing on those talents and on your calling for the world. And there's a world out there in desperate, in desperate need of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in your life so that it can be poured out into their lives and that they can um, receive the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's that a city that's sent on a hill could not be hidden. Um, and the interesting thing about that um, about that statement is, you know, a city that's set on that's set in the valley, you can only see it for so long, but if a city is set on a hill, everything around it will be able to look up and see the light from the city, and that, the, the lights from that city will not only illuminate the city itself and the top of the hill, but it will illuminate everything around it, including all of the surrounding valleys. And so if there's darkness around you, and if there's um, valleys of despair, um, the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Um, if you're proclaim if you're becoming the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and you're letting the light of the gospel shine through you, you're gonna illuminate not just your life and your immediately in your immediate dwelling, but you're gonna illuminate the entire world around you, including the darkness. Because there's people who are living in darkness, waiting and hoping and praying for the light to come. And that light is the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, this is um Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything whatsoever, um, please give us a call. Um, you know, I was going to um, finish this tomorrow, but, you know, I'll read the first part of Chapter 2. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, there's many of you out there who have constantly wanted to go and talk to someone about the gospel, um, but you didn't do it. Um, and because you were afraid that you just didn't have the right words or that you didn't have the right ability. What I can tell you is that it really doesn't matter what words you use because it's not about your words. It's about, a, it's about the Holy Spirit. It's a demonstration of the spirit and power that comes through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can go up and say pretty much anything to someone through the spirit of God, and they would end up getting saved if the time was right. Um, people are afraid to go and lay hands on the sick to have them recover because they're like, well, I haven't lived right or I'm not just perfect here or I'm not doing this or I don't know exactly what prayer I need to say. And But you know what? It really doesn't matter. It has, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. 
outside of your obedience to stand forth and to be obedient to the word of God that says lay hands on the sick. Once you do that, you're done, and that's all that matters. You declare the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You claim the scriptures over the person. It doesn't matter how you say it, what you say it. It doesn't matter if you can have memorized a single Bible verse your entire life. It's not about that. It's about the obedience to the Lord and the understanding that your place in the Lord and your election <clears throat> and your calling in the Lord is not based on your works. It's based on Him and it's based on His grace. It's based on His mercy. It's based on His works on the cross. So when you go and you pray for someone, it doesn't matter what it feels like or looks like or what it or what you think. All that matters is what the Word of God declares happens after your step of obedience. And he does the rest. It says his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And he who called us is willing and faithful to work in us and through us and to bless us and to lead us into the place of more blessing so that through the overflow of the blessing that we receive, we can bless those and touch those around us. <clears throat> so we're going to take a quick break. Um, once again, our call-in number is 619 Six three eight eight four five eight. If you need um, prayer for anything, um, please give us a call, and we will be right back. Well, it looks like um, we were going to take a break, but um, <clears throat> our audio files are having trouble at the moment on Block Talk Radio, um, so we may not be taking a break. Um, anyway, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. Um, if you need prayer, give us a call. Um, actually, I think Block Talk Radio itself is having trouble, So, um, but you know what? It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so um, let's pray for a minute. Um, Father God, for all those tonight who are out there listening, Father, Lord, I ask that you would grant them a new perception, a new revelation, Father, of how you work in their lives, Father, of their place and their identity in you, Lord. Father, give them confidence and give them assurance, Lord, in your love for them, Lord. Give them assurance, Father, of your faithfulness in their lives, Lord. Father, we completely lay everything down at your feet, Lord, and trust you for everything, Father, knowing that nothing is because of our own abilities, but everything is because of the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to actually take a break. There may or may not be silence. We're going to try to work on the audio thing. Um, and then Chris should be joining us in just a minute or two. And we'll be right back.
back to Prayer International Radio. Um, Block Talk Radio servers seem to be um, a little bit overloaded at the moment. Um, so we keep, everybody keeps losing connection, which is fine. Um, so we're going to actually, Chris is going to be busy tonight, um, still at church. Um, and so we're going to cut the show a little bit short tonight. Um, but um, you can still, if you have a prayer request, um, Still email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or you can go to our website, which is um, www.prayerinternational.org and um, you can submit your prayer online. Um, we will get to you um, as quick as humanly possible. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night um, at our normal time from 10 p.m. until midnight. And so I just pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you um, tomorrow, tonight, the rest of the week, um, that you would be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, that the Holy Spirit would fill you completely and totally with faith and believing in him, that you would understand and have the peace of God which surpasses all understanding that through him your joy may be full, the joy that's inexpressible and full of glory. Father, I ask that for all our listeners tonight, Father, that you would renew a sense of peace, Father, inside of them, Father. Renew a sense, Lord, of your faithfulness in them, Lord. Let them understand your the complexity, Father, of your love for them, Father. Let them understand the simplicity of that same love, Lord. So, Father, above everything, Lord, we give you glory and honor. Jesus Christ, you alone are worthy to be praised. So, once again, um, thanks for listening, and we will see you once again tomorrow night.